everybody. Ooh, someone's singing today. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Something Seems Queer, a podcast about the strange and unusual. Ooh. It is really hot out today. Yes, very hot out. And I would like to get some relief, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, it hasn't been like, it's been gross lately. Really humid here. I just don't understand why we get really hot and humid weather, but then we also get ridiculously cold. I don't think it's fair, to be honest with you. Like, I would take one or the other. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if it's going to be negative 48, make the high 80. Yeah. My northern body can't adapt to that. Yeah. And I just want it to be sweatshirt weather. Yeah. I just want to wear sweatshirts and my cargo shorts and go on with my day. That's Which what I would do. I know we should cherish like the three months we have of summer, but True. it's been a weird summer though with it's quarantine been a hot and it's summer. been so hot. Yeah, hot this has humid. been probably one of the hottest summers I can remember in a while because we had that stretch of Oh yeah. It being so hot. Yeah. Not a fan. Not no. A fan. I would live um, in, a, in a hotter climate if that's what I wanted. Or I, I wouldn't even mind if it was hot but not humid. Yeah, I don't like that. But also I don't want dry heat either. Really? Well, I, I mean, think I'd much rather take dry heat than humid heat. I don't like to drink water, though. I just hate walking outside and feeling... Oh, God. Don't like, remind me. Like you're... I'm sweating profusely right now. <sighs> We're just sitting here. Well, welcome, everybody. I hope that you had a great week. We're going to talk about some weird stuff. Do you have anything yeah. fun to talk about before we... I, I mean, I don't know if fun would be the word, but um, I remember last time when um, you had said that people are a little confused by our name of our podcast. Mm -hmm. well, I thought you might want to explain it a tad for them because you're real good at explaining it. Sure. So Something Seems Queer is kind of a play on words where we use the word queer as something that is strange, but also uh, being two gay women Mm -hmm. kind of representing our community yeah so i like i like the double meaning on that yeah when she told me that was the idea for the name and i said perfect mm -hmm. yeah it worked well i thought well i i just want to get right into it to be honest with you because i hear somebody has a lot of research done this week yeah. and it's not me this time yeah. i mean i did research but i mean you really research so everybody let's do it buckle up yeah. Grab a drink if you don't have one. Yeah. It's going to be a long one. I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it. So my story this week is the alien abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Shut up. We're doing an <laughs> alien one? Oh. I, I love aliens. All right. Let's do it. I'm excited. Are you ready? Yep. Heck yeah. So just a little bit of history on Betty and Barney Hill. Betty was born June 28th, 1919. She attended Ooh. the University of New Hampshire, and she graduated with a master's degree in social science. Mm. Yay, master's degrees in social <laughs> science. They do a lot. She then became a, a social kidding. worker. I'm just kidding. sorry. I have that, too. <laughs> My bad. She was a social worker oh, in oh. her local community. Okay. You know what? I like her now. Yeah. She's my friend. And then Barney Hill was born July 20th, 1922. He enlisted in the Army for World War II and graduated from Temple University in Philadelphia. He was a local carrier for the USPS. Oh, yes. Okay. And he sat on the local board of the United States Commission of Civil Rights. Oh, I like him, too. Yeah. Also, I will say that I like that she's a couple of years older than he is. Mm -hmm. And Barney is also an African-American gentleman. Oh, okay. So it was an interracial relationship <gasps> in the Ooh. early 60s, which was... That is, are you going to talk about that a little, or is that uh, not part of this part? I will say that I did read this part, and I didn't put it in, but... Mm -hmm. A psychiatrist had told them that the whole experience, they hallucinated. Because um, of having an interracial. Because they were an interracial couple Oof. in the 60s. I enjoy this couple. I wish I could have met them. I'm assuming they're not around anymore because they're kind of old otherwise. Yes. Yeah, they would have yeah, been old. I wanted to show their credibility mm -hmm. and just kind of show that they really would have nothing to gain but everything to lose by coming up with this story or explaining their story, I guess I should say, and mm -hmm. that they're pretty well-rounded, logical people. Okay. At 10.30 p.m. on September 19th, 1961, Barney and Betty Hill were driving back to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. They were on vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. 
Ooh. Mm-hmm. I went to Niagara Falls a couple times. Did you? Yeah, it was nice. I never got to go. Yeah. Well, I haven't sh- gone yet, I guess, I should yeah. say. Yeah, you'll go. A few miles south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty noticed a light in the sky that seemed to be moving super erratically. First, she uh, thought it was a planet or a shooting star. Yeah. Which is... Uh, logical. Right. Like, I'll look up sometimes and see a big light and, you know, it's just like a, a planet. Or... Well, yeah. Or like, the other day you said, hey, is that, I don't know, one of the planets? Yeah. I wasn't, I don't know. What so, you know, it's... Logical. Yeah. While Barney was driving down Route 3, Betty continued to watch the light. She said that the light was growing bigger and brighter by the second. Uh, And a few years prior, Betty's sister had seen a flying saucer. So Betty was kind of like, I mean, maybe. Yeah. You know, so she asked Barney to pull over so they could get a better look. So Barney pulled off at a scenic picnic area just south of Twin Mountain, New Hampshire. All right. So they're getting out of the car. Mm. Betty's like, what the hell is this? I better take a look at it. So they grabbed their binoculars, which they had from sightseeing they're on vacation or if you're my parents you just always have them with you because that's you true look at birds and stuff i mean you never know when you're gonna find a nice bird for real betty pulled out a pair of her binoculars to get a better look at the light in the sky mm. she described it as an odd shaped craft with colored lights oh i mean that's a pretty interesting description yeah okay that... well especially if you think you're just looking at a planet it's I guess very well, maybe shocking. And I was kind of thinking too when you said that it was like coming closer, right? You said. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking well, a meteorite or something. Right. It, like, you know, like there's so many logical things th- that could. Yeah. So when when you say that's the description, I'm kind of now I'm a little weary about it. Okay. So Barney had told her that it was probably just a plane. So he grabbed the binoculars to look because he's like, it's fine. It's a plane. You know. This Maybe. is one of those moments where I'm actually not going to think that he's just being a man saying, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah. It really just seems odd what she's saying. Right. And uh, yeah, you again, know? like I would think that it was a plane, a planet, uh, meteorite, shooting star. I don't care. Anything. Something. Anything but what she's describing. Right. And I guess to her, if her sister had just seen a UFO, she was like, well. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So when he looked through the binoculars, as soon as he started looking at the object rapidly descended and started like speeding towards them oh yeah so he jumped in the car and he's like this is not a plane we're getting the fuck out of here so they jumped in the car and started driving towards the franconia notch which is a super narrow winding road through the mountains that seems like a bad place to be while this is happening but yeah but i guess if a an unknown light is speeding towards you. You're just going to do whatever you got to do to get also, out of there. Also, that also would be a smart place for someone to, the aircraft to come too, technically, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Right. Way. So Betty continued to watch the object while Barney was trying to navigate down the roads. Yeah. And Betty says that it was at least one and a half the length of the cliff profile on the mountains. And the cliff profile oh. was 40 feet long. Ooh. So she's saying, you know, this is a huge craft and it's rotating. Yeah. Now, I just have to say this, and this is a off topic, but when you're saying rotating and then I'm thinking about, you know, an alien spaceship, do you remember at um, <laughs> when they had carnivals and things like that and uh, the state fair and stuff or the one that was looked like the spaceship that was silver and it went around? Yeah, never. And then and then the, you know, the the seat things would go up when you're yeah. laying back and it would go up and you'd be in like the spaceship and they'd have like this rock and music. Would never be me. Oh. Could never be me. Okay. Well, I definitely did that, and I loved it. I have a very weak stomach for that kind of stuff. I just cannot hang. Oh, I don't know that I could do it now. Even when I was a kid, I just, I couldn't do it. I don't even want to go on a swing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I went on a swing the other day, and I got, like, motion sickness. That was your own fault. I know better. God damn, I'm almost 30, and this is what I get. Ugh. I, re- I do remember when my parents said, like, I can't even go on the Ferris wheel, and then I would laugh at them. Again, karma. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with my heartburn. Go on. So about one mile south of Indian Head Mountain Pass, they said that the object started rapidly descending towards their vehicle. So obviously Barney stopped. Because, you know, what are you going to do? So the massive craft hovered slightly 80 to 100 feet above their car. And Barney said it looked like a flat pancake. Okay. Barney got out of his car with a pistol. Because obviously, one, you would have a pistol and two, 
I mean... I mean, I'm going to tell you, honestly, those two probably got a lot of shit back then. So, yeah, yeah they, I would have a pistol if I were them, too. But also, I'm not sure what that's going to do in this case, but they don't know what's going on. So. Exactly. And I think that's so, like, if you weren't sure what's going on, it yeah. would probably be, like, a logical thing to grab your gun and, like... Yeah. But he stepped closer to the object, and using his binoculars, Barney claimed to see about 8 to 11 humanoid figures oh. wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. He said they were all staring at him out the window, just blankly looking at him. He said all but one of them moved to a panel that was in the rear wall of the hallway. The one remaining figure continued to stare at Barney and communicated telepathically, saying, stay where you are and keep looking. Oh, so was talking to Barney then? Yeah. Oh. Telepathically, yeah. It's just saying, stay there, keep looking while everyone else peaced out and like... You know, in that case, I would just listen to that. I, yeah, and I think he was probably so paralyzed by fear that yeah. he probably couldn't move if he wanted to. True. Barney said that there was a red light on what kind of looked like bat wings that came out of the side of the craft. And then a big, long structure that descended from the bottom of the craft. Mm -hmm. Like, I think most people would think of, like, a UFO when they... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the craft hovered silently mm -hmm. in front of their car. And Barney said it was, like, 80 feet away. Yeah. We don't have silent things like that. And that's what's like this, especially back in that time. Right. This massive craft just silently hovering is really. That's spooky. Yeah. I don't love it. So he said it was about 80 feet overhead. So Barney obviously freaked out and he was just like, nah, I'm out of here. And so he tore the binoculars away from his eyes, got back in the car. And in a panic, he kept telling Betty, they're going to capture us. They're going to capture us. Barney then said the object shifted its location to be directly above the vehicle. He threw his foot on the gas and told Betty to keep an eye on the object. So she rolled down the window <laughs> and looked up at the object and said that almost immediately when she did that, they started hearing a rhythmic series of like beeping and buzzing sounds. Okay. Which I feel like most like what you would expect yeah. kind of in like a futuristic sci-fi space kind of like beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. And buzzing Popping. sounds and their car started vibrating. Okay. They said their bodies had this tingling sensation mm -hmm. and they experienced an altered state of consciousness. They said that they felt like their minds were dulled. Okay. I was going to say, what does that, what does that mean? But... Okay. I and then it. they said with what seems like the same second, they started hearing like the beeping and booping again and they returned fully to consciousness, but 35 miles south of where they were. Really? In their car still? In their car still. Okay. So they lost 35 miles. Okay. So when they arrived home around dawn, uh, they said they had some odd sensations and impulses. Mm hmm. So Betty refused to bring the luggage into the house. She was adamant, but she wanted to leave it at the back door. She said she couldn't explain why, but she just would not bring it into the house. Neither of their watches worked mm. ever again. Oh. Uh, Barney said the strap on his binoculars was torn and the toes on his dress shoes were all scraped up. Oh. Like he was dragged. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. They both took excessively long showers and then each drew a picture of what they had seen. Okay. So they could compare it to each other. After sleeping a couple hours, Betty woke up and put the shoes and clothes she was wearing during the experience into her closet. She then noticed that the dress's zipper, hem, and lining were all torn and that there was this weird pink powder scattered on the dress. Pink powder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which later they had um, examined by multiple people yeah, that figured. said that it was not anything that could have naturally yeah, occurred around where they were. Yeah. Okay. Along with that, there was also shiny circles on the car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Mm -hmm. And when Betty and Barney put a compass near it, it started going crazy. Ooh, that's always weird when that happens. Yeah. Like when you hear of that. I don't I don't like it a lot. Yeah. Like not at all. It's so weird. So on September 21st, Betty contacted the Air Force about her experience. She said that she left out some details because okay. she didn't want them to think she was crazy. That that was my issue is that I was worried that they were going to be like whatever. 
but they pretty much told her, you just misidentified Jupiter. That's all. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. a hoot. <laughs> I just, so like everything she told him, she's like, no, just Jupiter. And she didn't even say the weird, like super weird stuff that no. happened. Oh gosh. Okay. 10 days after the original encounter, Betty started having a series of super vivid dreams. They continued for five nights straight. She said that she's never had dreams this vivid or this detailed in her life. Mm-hmm. And then exactly after five days, she never had a dream again. Oh. About yeah, the about encounter. That. Yeah. <laughs> they just abruptly stopped. Okay. In November of 1961, Betty started to write down the details of her dreams In one dream, she said her and Barney encountered a roadblock. Men surrounded the car and she lost consciousness. She then realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk into the woods with Barney walking behind her and it kind of looked like he was sleepwalking. Okay. The men stood about five feet tall and wore matching blue uniforms. They appeared almost human. Okay. Their skin was a grayish color with black hair dark eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. In her dreams, Betty, Barney, and the men walked up a ramp into a, like, disc-shaped craft. And once they got inside, Barney and Betty were separated. I assumed that they would separate them if... if... Yeah, and Betty was like, no way, we're not getting separated. This is not going to happen. You can't do that. The person that they called the leader came up to Betty and was like, listen... If we examine you both together, it's going to take way longer. So if we just separate you two, we can get this over and done with. So, I mean, obviously. Yeah. They were. But Buddy then had a dream that a new man, similar to the others, entered the room to conduct the experiment. He was called the examiner. Oh, of course. And she said the examiner had a really pleasant, calm manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, He seemed very relaxed. They both spoke English, the leader and the examiner. Okay. But you can tell it wasn't their first language. Okay. Because she said she could kind of understand them, but it was definitely a struggle sometimes. Okay. The examiner told Betty that he was going to conduct a couple experiments and try to figure out the difference between humans and the beings that were of that craft. So the examiner cut off a lock of Betty's hair. He examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. He took some trimming from her fingernails and then used like um, a letter opener just to shave some skin, just oh, okay. like some, you know. Skin cells. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He tested her nervous system by thrusting a needle into her belly button. Oh, come on. Why? Ew. Ow. Ugh. I know. Sorry. Ooh. Uh-uh. Causing her an immense amount of pain. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. But she said the leader kind of waved his hand in front of her and the pain was completely gone. So the examiner left the room after he was done and Betty said that she kind of talked with the leader and they had really pleasant conversation. (laughs) She then picked up a book that had rows of strange symbols and letters. Okay. And the leader was just like, yeah, you can keep that. Take it home. Okay. It's like a souvenir. All right. Like, that's totally fine. Sounds good. And uh, Betty had asked where they came from, and the leader had pulled down a hologram, and it showed dotted stars on it, and he was kind of like, this is where we're from. Okay. So the men began escorting the hills off the ship when a huge fight broke out. <gasps> oh, between you. <laughs> between the men and the leader. Oh, Because they're even- like, oh. bro, you cannot give her this book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, we yeah. don't want her to remember this. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So they made her give the book back. Oh, she was probably upset. <laughs> I mean, after all of that, you can't just have a nice souvenir. Like, give her a book, for God's sake. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's we not like can't. like she can read the damn thing anyway. It's in right. Whatever. Exactly. So her and Barney were taken to the car uh, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft take off. Oh, okay. Which they did, mm-hmm. and then resumed their drive. So um, she didn't get the book, and now I'm kind of mad. Yeah. Okay, all right. When the leader's like, yeah, man, you can take it. Okay. And I, then everyone else is like, "I'm," but I feel like he's the leader. Yeah, but I guess yeah. if they're a democracy. Touche. Also, I will say that is pretty dumb of the leader. However, I would be mad. I want that book myself. Yeah. I mean, he was probably like, hey, we put you through all this. Yeah. Have a book. <laughs> On January 4th, 1964, they met a fellow named Simon, 
who started doing hypnosis with the Hills. Okay. He hypnotized Betty and Barney a handful of times each, and the sessions lasted until June 6, 1964. Simon conducted the sessions on Barney and Betty separately Okay. to make sure that they weren't influencing each other during the sessions. So I will say, you're able to find the audio for the sessions. Like, I found it on YouTube. Okay. And it's really it's kind of hard to listen to. Okay. Uh, and I'll get into that. So Barney's session is first. Hey, I got a question. This is back to the slight beginning, but not really. Okay. Did they ever compare those drawings that they made? And yes. to see if they were similar? Yes, they were. Okay. You never said that. I, I just thought of that now. Sorry. It, it comes up later. Oh, I ruined it again. <laughs> mm, you can edit that out. <laughs> so Simon hypnotized Barney first. And Simon said that he was really emotional during his sessions. He was really afraid and angry. From listening to the tapes, you can hear him crying. I mean, all those things that you said, those are all emotions that I would think somebody would have if that's what happened. Right. And obviously, because he's hypnotized, you know, his subconscious and things that he's not aware of is coming out. But it is so hard to listen to because you can hear how scared he is. Yeah. And the genuine raw emotion of him being so afraid, mm-hmm. it almost made me cry, you know, because it's very intense. Yeah. Um, but Barney said that because he was so scared, he kept his eyes closed for most of the abduction and um, examination. Okay. So based on the early responses to the hypnosis, Simon told Barney that he would not allow him to remember the sessions until he could kind of deal with them more appropriately. Yeah. Do it without traumatizing him. Correct. Yeah. Under hypnosis, Barney said that he remembers breaking the binocular strap when he ran away from the UFO back to his car. Okay. He said that he remembered driving away from the craft, but that afterwards he felt an over powering urge while he was driving to pull off the roads and drive into the woods. He eventually saw six men standing on the dirt road. The car stalled out and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney, like, we we come in peace. Okay. You know, they said, like, don't be afraid. Everything's fine. Okay. I'm still uncomfortable, but okay. Yeah. Barney and Betty both described the beings in a similar way. The beings often stared into his eyes and Barney said that it kind of had this really mesmerizing effect. Yeah. He also kept saying under hypnosis that... Oh, those eyes, they're there in my brain. And I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine. And I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Creepy. During the second session, he said, all I can see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. Yeah. Like, you're very quiet during this story. Sorry, I'm I'm intently <clears throat> listening. I, if somebody could see me right now, I'm very <laughs> intently listening. So I don't even I don't even know what to say. I don't know a whole lot about alien stuff. I don't really pay attention to it. So it's kind of just interesting to me. Barney's explanation of his exam was a lot less detailed than Betty's. He said he closed his eyes, though. Yeah. And that's, I think, why they think that. Okay. It probably is because he had his eyes closed because he was... Yeah, because she had some really good detail. He said they had put a cup-like device over his genitals and that he didn't experience an orgasm, but they did take a sperm sample from him. The men also scraped his skin and looked into his ears and mouth. He said, I don't know why this is so creepy, but he said that he could feel someone counting each vertebrae in his spine. I mean, when you say that, it reminds me of when my aunt, when she was in school and she was taking a biology class and Mm -hmm. she, they had dissected cats. And as you know, I love me some cats. And I had my cat Midnight at the time, my my childhood cat. And I remember her like touching all the vertebrae and kind of telling me a little bit about them and like doing that. Really quite creepy. Thanks, Aunt Pat. That's Barney said that he heard them speaking, but it was a mumbling language. Okay. And both Betty and Barney said that they hadn't noticed the mouths moving when they had communicated with them in English. Okay. So they're wondering if they communicated with them telepathically. Well, and that's what I was thinking, because they did that earlier, you said. Yeah. Okay. And maybe that's why. And then we'll go into Betty's session. So under hypnosis, Betty's accounts was similar to the events that she had in her dreams. Okay. But there was kind of noticeable differences. Oh. The technology on the craft was different than in her dreams. And the short men looked significantly different than in her dream. 
Okay. It doesn't say how. It's just noted that. Okay. Betty exhibited considerable amounts of emotional distress during her sentences. During her sessions. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So much so that he had to stop them one time because she was crying so hard that he's like, I'm not going to keep putting her through this. Yeah, that whole hypnosis thing. I mean, I mean, we learned about it and stuff. They Mm -hmm. don't do it necessarily as often. And some people don't really believe in it and things like that. But that can be really difficult because you don't know what's going on because they're hypnotized. You know, it's it's a very different thing than when somebody's talking to you. Right. And. And I you mean, can, you can't can, lie under him or hold something back. Yeah. And I mean, also, like, yeah, you don't want to traumatize them in, in any way. So right. it's just, yeah, that would be a difficult one, especially with the situation, because I'm sure nobody believed them. It, exactly. So that would make it even more difficult. And because she was so distressed, because in her dream, she said that it was, you know. It didn't seem too No, like she talked awful. to the leader. Dude, she almost got that book. Yeah, it Sorry, was totally I'm fine. I'm still mad about it. And then... <laughs> And then that she was so distressed, so I it must have not been. Yeah, they might have uh, played with those dreams a little. Right. That's yeah, yeah exactly. I'm trying to make it feel better for her. Yeah, which is kind of kind in a way, but also right. Mm. Yeah. After the hypnosis sessions, the Hills went back to a regular life as much as they could. Okay. And they were open to discussing their experience with friends, family, and occasionally like a UFO researcher. Okay. But they never wanted any kind of publicity. They never sought it out. They Mm -hmm. didn't want people to really know about it. I mean, because, you know, they didn't want people to think they were crazy. Mm -hmm. And on October 25th, 1965, a front page story in the Boston Traveler was titled ufo chiller did they seize couple no i don't like that Mm -hmm. reporter john h lutterell of the traveler had allegedly been given audio tapes from a (gasps) recording of a lecture the hills had done in late 1963 about it okay it was not with their consent it was not you know but it happened so and then in 1966 Writer John G. Fuller wrote a book called The Interrupted Journey, but that was alongside Barney and Betty. Oh, so, so he, they were part of it? Yeah, okay, they good. collaborated I was really and yeah, he was given permission to write the book. I was going to say, how did he get all that stuff otherwise? But OK, yeah. good. All right. The book included a copy of Betty's sketch of the star map. OK. And was quickly a bestseller, which Ooh. is awesome. Cool. And I'll try to find some pictures to put up on the Instagram of, like, the star map, the drawings of the beings, things like that. Later in life, Betty claimed to have seen this UFO a number of times after the initial experience. And she kind of became a celebrity in the UFO community. Um, Unfortunately, Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Yep. That's not a good thing. No, it's just a hard word to say. But on February 25th, 1969. So he was only 46. Oh, that's too bad. Betty went on to do more talks, lectures. She spoke at events. Yeah. Um, she never remarried. Okay. But she did live a really long life, but unfortunately died of cancer mm. in 2004 at the age of 85. Oh, she was old, though. Yeah. That's good. And that is the story of Barney and Betty Hill. Wow. Look at that. That yeah. was that was a story. Yeah. Okay. It's the first notable alien abduction. Mm-hmm. And still, a lot of people say, is probably the most widely believed alien abduction out there. I mean, you're right. The, those were two people that didn't need publicity of any mm-hmm. sort. They didn't, I mean, they were normal people who had good jobs and, and you know, things like that. There was no reason for them to, like you said, lie about that or make that up. Can you imagine after all that having someone say, well, you just hallucinated it due to stress of being in an interracial couple? I wish you guys could see the biggest (laughs) eye roll that I did. I I kept my side to a minimum. It's so insulting. It really is. Yeah, it was just. You got really into that one. I'm just really, I think it's ignorant of people to think that we're alone in the universe. Okay. That we are the center of the universe. I think that's ridiculous. It's all about us, Angela. It's just crazy. Well, my story is really quite different than yours. (laughs) Um, and I wanted to go on a lighthearted note this oh, week. Oh, that's probably good that I went first then. <laughs> and that's also why when you had said that you were doing something and it was really researchy, I knew whatever you were doing was going to be a bit more in depth, a bit more something, um, you know, I don't know, more difficult maybe. Yeah. So um, I'm doing, are you ready? Yes. I'm doing the 
conspiracy theories surrounding new coke now i here's the thing here's the thing i wish that all of you could have seen her deadpan smile face just look at me because my thought is does she know what new coke is i do i've never had the original like let me get into it angela this was way before your time okay this was 1985 I way before your time. I was at least born, <laughs> but you weren't even a thought in the head. I okay? wasn't. So now I'm sure you guys are all thinking, why would you do the conspiracy theory of new cult? Because okay, I know that I that's what you're that. thinking. I wanted to do something odd because I find it odd, literally, how much of a conniption fit America really did have regarding Coca-Cola. <laughs> Is that not odd? I just for the record. If it's between Coke and Pepsi, always Coke. Okay. I'm a Coca-Cola kind of gal. You know what? We're going to test that theory right now because that's the... I told you we had a fun experiment today. Really? And yeah. Because, you know, part of this has to do with the Coke Wars. So, you know, give me a hot second. Listen to this good music that I'm sure she's going to put on for you. And I'm going to have her do a taste test and see if she can figure out. Tell me which one she likes better. Pepsi? Or Coke, but I'm not going to tell her which one's which. Now that I put it out there, I'm really nervous. Yeah, give me a hot second. I'm so embarrassed because I said I was a big Coke person and now I'm going to be. I have to be honest that I find it funny that you actually said that. And that is literally what my activity was for this one. Because I thought about it because this was huge. Like... They did the Cola Wars, and that's why actually part of this started. So um, I have uh, two cups here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cup has Pepsi and one cup has Coke. So um, I'll first have you start with the Darcy cup from 90 Day Fiance. And um, we'll okay. see what you think of this one. Don't say what you think it is, because okay. I want you to try both of them first. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And now uh, the other cup with my dinosaur who can't clap his hands. Smelling isn't fair. I'm totally just kidding. You know, that's what I do with everything. I just smelled it before I gave it to you. Oh, God. Oh, really? Okay, let me try. I know which one's which, but I want to try it to see if uh, I can tell. I will say that if I was really, really also on top of it, I was going to get new Cokes since they reintroduced it last year, but it wasn't on top of it. What do you got for me? Is Pepsi the Darcy cup and Coke is the... That is correct. <laughs> now, when you tried it, though, you, you it, were nerds. confused a little. But also, oh yeah, it took me. It took me a second. Do you prefer one over the other? Like, even though you knew which one, or you figured it out, but did did you have a thought? I think I like. I think it's because uh, my dad drank a lot of Coke growing up, so I just have. Really... Was it Coke or was it Kessler's and Coke? No, it was Coke. My apologies. I'm talking about my mother. <laughs> okay. Um, also, are you just going to drink that Coke? Because I'll give you the can. Because I'm, I. It, it just tastes so good. It, I feel like it's a lot. Um, is it what we would spicier? call nostalgia as well? Because guess what? That's got something to do with the story too. Also, Pepsi has like a certain smell. Like you it can also, tell yeah. it's Pepsi right it away. Yeah. That was really fun to do, and I, I mean, I did. It took me two sips. I mean, you, you did. You actually had like a very confused, and then had to smell them, and <laughs> oh, yeah, Pepsi's sweeter. That's the big difference. Yeah. But also, I will say that when you have both of them together, you're right. It, is, it isn't uh, yeah, as easy. Right? However, this one does have a little bit more of a bite, I guess I would say, to it. Yeah. Uh, that would be the Coke, and that would be my preferred as well. So That was fun. Yes, yeah, so, uh, kudos for knowing. Um, so there actually are three different conspiracy theories, believe it or not, so regarding excited. this new Coke thing, okay? I am going to debunk two of them right away because they're just... Well, they're just utter bullshit, and I don't, I didn't want to deal with them, so I just debunked them right away, okay? So the first conspiracy theory is that Coke wanted to cover up the change that it was making from sugar cane, sugar in it, to the high fructose corn syrup. So then they were dinking around and made new Coke because of it so people wouldn't notice. I will say that soda with pure sugar cane in it does taste better. I'm not going to disagree. (laughs) So I shall debunk this right away and tell you that actually Coke had let bottlers start to change 
and put high fructose corn syrup in 1980. They were allowed to do about 50%. Uh-huh. And by the time that new Coke had even come out, they were already using, they could use 100% high fructose corn syrup. So this can't be true because it was already done. Right. So, I mean, people are going to say, oh, but it tasted different. I mean, maybe your bottler didn't use all of it, but exactly. honestly, that was not the reason for new Coke. Yeah. And so uh, let's see here. The second conspiracy theory is that Coca-Cola as a company was providing a cover for the final removal of all of their coca derivatives from their products to make the Drug Enforcement Administration happy since they were trying to deal with all the cocaine trafficking issues. Okay, so um, I'm sure you guys know uh, at one point in time, Coca-Cola legit had cocaine in it. Okay, that's for real. Um, And they took that out in 1903, but they were using some parts of the plant, apparently, derivatives. Interesting. Yeah, but obviously it wasn't cocaine. Um, But nonetheless, I shall debunk this right now Uh and tell you that Coke was super stoked not to be using Coca anymore. They didn't want to. They were like, this is sweet. I'm sick of of this anyway. But they did it and they they weren't pressured by the drug administration at all for it. Mm -hmm. It just it happened. It wasn't a thing. Well, right. So that that didn't have anything to do with it. So the real conspiracy theory that we're going to talk about is that Coca-Cola purposely changed the formula knowing consumers would be upset and cause a spike in sales. That's interesting. Is it not? That is possibly plausible. I That's why we call that thinking. a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I could see their thinking on that one. Yep. I, I mean, I can too. So... Um, how this goes is um, back in 1983, which was before my time, mm-hmm. um, Coca-Cola's market share had decreased quite a bit in the sugar cola parts of mm. marketing shares. So the reason is because of Pepsi. All right. Uh-huh. So they, they used to have like, I'm going to say, I think like 60% after World War II, I believe is what it had said. Yeah. And it had gone down to 24%. Oof. It's not good. But here's the thing. You have to realize, too, that way back then when Coca-Cola first came out, there weren't that many sodas available. Mm -hmm. So by the time they did this market share thing, it actually wasn't just cola that they were doing at that point, too. Mm -hmm. They were doing all different kinds of soda. And they also had citrus sodas available and diet sodas because I believe it was 1982. Diet Coke came out. So that that definitely took, you know, some of the market shares from regular coke right right? so um they were starting to decrease and so coke was obviously getting worried they Mm -hmm. were like oh my gosh because you know they were doing the the cola wars right like i was just talking about where people would they would do the what would you prefer that's when pepsi had those commercials where they did just what i just did with you (laughs) uh but not in these super cool cups Uh and um people would tell what they prefer and a lot of people did prefer pepsi so then you're thinking really Mm. does it sound right but in all actuality that is really quite possible because one of the reasons that coca-cola was actually getting the market share Mm-hmm. is because of how they were selling their product and how they were actually making it. When consumers had the option to pick whatever soda they wanted, they picked Pepsi. Why? I don't know, because that's what they bought, like at the uh, grocery store and stuff. I suppose. But then when you would go to places and you only had Coke options, that's where Coke made their money. They I paid see. for their branding and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's how they ended up making their money. And so um, it wasn't necessarily that people preferred Coke per se, when it was just it was there that was their option so um they were a little worried they really wanted to get back into the oh my gosh like what if pepsi if they actually do start outselling us because it was getting very close in that that Mm -hmm. thing if they start outselling they can also say not only do they prefer the taste they they also purchase it more right okay so how did new coke come about it was the real question right yes well When Diet Coke came out, it was actually a huge success. So one thing is that they actually formulated Coke differently than how they usually do diet soda of a a regular uh, beverage, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Usually they take the regular version, let's say Coca-Cola. Okay. 
And they reformulate it and put in, they take out the actual sugar or high fructose corn syrup, whatever the hell was in it at the time. Mm-hmm. And they put in artificial sweeteners and kind of tweak it a little and kind of do whatever to get the formula for it. Okay. So it usually tastes similar to the regular. Okay. To you, does Diet Coke taste anything like regular Coke? Not at all. Do you know why? No. Because it's a different soda? Well, because they didn't do what I just told you. They did something completely different. They just made up a Coke, a Diet Coke. There we go, yeah. Yeah, they just made it up. Like, they didn't use Coke Mm -hmm. to get it. They made their own formula and then went with it from there. So it actually was a different soda, basically. Interesting. So... But they called it Diet Coke because, you know, Coke has all those right. you know, connotations. So um, that was one of the, the biggest changes um, in how they did it. It was very, very different. Hmm. So one of the reasons why Diet Coke was so popular was because it did have a different flavor, right? Mm-hmm. So um, after looking at all these other factors about what could be the reason of why people were preferring Pepsi over Coke, it was flavors. That right. was literally the point. And so... Because people preferred Pepsi, they wanted to kind of lean in that direction more. What ended up happening was, is that they decided to, they secretively started making new Coke. Like, this had actually (laughs) been a process. Like, it's not like they just said, oh, we got new Coke. Right. They were doing things about this, okay? Mm -hmm. So what they did is, is that they basically reverse engineered Diet Coke, took out the artificial sweeteners out of it. Uh Uh-huh. And then put in high fructose corn syrup instead. That's really Yeah. So it's the opposite of what they would do the other way around. But because of how they did it, you know, then it had a different flavor, like Diet Coke. Weird. Yes. mm. So they did tweak the flavors a little, they said, Uh because they have to do a balance thing and stuff like that. But, I mean, they, they just kind of did it that way. Then they started having taste tests. So they'd have Coke. Pepsi, New Coke, I don't know, some variation of the sorts of them, uh-huh. and have people taste test them. Guess what one they preferred? Is it New Coke? Oh. Is it Pepsi? No, it was New Coke. You were right. Really? They actually preferred the New Coke. So obviously when you're doing a taste test, you don't know what it is that you're drinking. Right. So you literally say what you like. Mm-hmm. But when they did that, they didn't necessarily, like, I think they asked people, would you, um, would you buy this over Coke? Mm-hmm. Some people were like, yeah. And then I think some they might have had some point where they had said something about how, like, what if we took away Coke? People got really mad. Um, and they would, like, pressure the other people in there and mm-hmm. to, to say, don't do that, basically. Right. Okay. To me, doesn't that sound like something you shouldn't do then? Absolutely. Well, they did it. How this happens is that on the fateful day of... April 23rd, 1985. Dun, dun, dun. The you were CEO. Born then. Hmm? You were born. You were. Oh, yeah. I was alive. I mean, I didn't try it, though. I'm not going to lie. No, I was you're... way too young, unless my mom shoved that in my <laughs> mouth, which is possible. Uh, or my sister, I suppose. Um, but they did. Uh, I find it funny. They announced it. And they also announced that Coke was going to be no longer regular oh. Coke. Okay. So Coca Cola, as we know it, was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be new Coke. Okay. So they they stopped bottling Coca-Cola mm-hmm. that same week. So your only choice was new Coke. Right. Guess what happened? People stopped buying it because it was gross? No, people just went fucking ape shit. <laughs> I'm just going to be dead honest with you. Okay. So how this works is that people did try mm-hmm. the new Coke. They were fine with that. But they were also like, ah, ah, I'm not going to have my Coke. So, I mean, right. obviously people bought up the other Coke. I'm sure it was some stockpiling crazy thing like yeah. the toilet paper issue we had yeah. and all that jazz. Um, but people also didn't really necessarily mind new Coke. Mm-hmm. It was the idea that regular Coke was leaving. Right. That was the real problem. Yeah. So people, again, bought the new Coke and it was OK in that realm. But people were so mad that they're, you worked in a call center. So tell me how mad you would be if it about at least tripled, if not more, the amount of calls that you got. And they were all calls of people being angry as can be because they couldn't get their soda anymore. So fun fact. Ooh, go for it. (laughs) Uh, I had worked for a hair color distributor Mm -hmm. uh, doing customer service. Mm -hmm. And they had changed their formula from a liquid to a cream. Oh. And I cannot tell you how many people <laughs> just threw a fit. The I, color I, yeah. is the same, whatever. It's just people do not like change. People do yes. not like change. 
Well, and in this case, like you were talking about, like how you're like, oh, I think I like it because my dad drank it. Mm-hmm. That makes you think of your dad, I'm sure, when you drink it. Yeah. In a good way. Because yeah, you're like, oh, it was, you know. Yeah. Well, if you can't have it anymore and then they say, nah, I'd rather have you drink this new Coke. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if it doesn't. When I asked around, because, you know, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I asked my mom. I said, hey, mom, I'm going to do a podcast. It's about the conspiracy theory of new Coke. I don't even know if she heard the words conspiracy theory come out of my mouth, but she certainly heard new Coke and said, oh, gross. That stuff was disgusting. Um. Every single person that I asked about New Coke and the difference told me how absolutely disgusting it was and how pissed off they were, except one person. And that one person said, well, I didn't really care. I drank Diet Coke anyway. So I guess that really wasn't a problem for them because they didn't drink regular Coke. And somebody said, well, we did the Pepsi challenge. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. So it was Pepsi versus New Coke. So could you tell the difference? And he told me it literally just tasted like Pepsi. Really? Yeah. And honestly, to me, that makes sense based on how they discussed it because they had put so much more sugar in it. And it was Mm. they basically got rid of the taste of Coke. Yeah. So um, again, people were irate. So guess what happened? 77 days later, it was announced that Coca-Cola was coming back. And do you know how how much of a big deal this was? That did not last very long. No, it didn't. That's how (laughs) pissed off people were. Also, like I said, I mean, that call center, ugh, I would have quit. Right. So it was such breaking news that ABC interrupted General Hospital. Oh, brother. Sorry, Mom. To tell the masses that Coke was coming back. I know. I find it really funny. They did come back with Coke, and they did actually continue making new Coke. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I didn't. They they did continue making it. Um, uh, In 1992, they actually named it Coke 2, like the Roman numeral 2. Okay. And it was actually around until 2002, which I'm going to be dead honest with you. I don't remember it for the life of me. And one actual fun fact that my mom did tell me, because she she definitely does remember this. And like I said, my mom drank Kessler's and Coke. Yeah. So she knows Coke, okay? Uh Uh-huh. When she worked at, uh, well, she still does, but at the time when she was working at McDonald's, they had Coke products. Mm-hmm. And she she told me that she remembers when she first started, like back in 1996, 97-ish, she remembers that people would come through the drive-thru and say that they wanted Coca-Cola Classic because that's what they named the regular Coke. That's so weird. Because new Coke was out. So they that's why, actually, if you um, remember, which you probably wouldn't notice the subtleties of it, mm-hmm. but they actually, it used to say Coca-Cola Classic on cans, and it, it no longer does because now new Coke doesn't, doesn't exist and people don't really remember it. So now the point back to the conspiracy theory. Yes. Okay. So why would they pull regular Coke? Why wouldn't they just have new Coke yeah. and Coke? Why, why wouldn't they do that? This is another one of those things that you and I can't understand. We have uh, the largest amount of soda choices known Honestly. to man. Yeah. I mean, I have, I'm going to tell you right now, do you want to know what kind of Cokes I all have in my house right now? Yes. I have regular Coca-Cola Classic because I just used it for the taste <laughs> test. I have Cherry Coke because I like Cherry Coke. I have Cherry Vanilla Coke because you like Cherry Vanilla Coke. <laughs> I have cherry Coke with orange. Coke with the acai and blueberry. That was the other one. So those are the Cokes I all have in my house right now. I don't even drink half them, okay? (laughs) So here's the funny part. Back then, there were not that many kinds of soda. Mm -hmm. If you had two competing sodas in one market, what were you going to do? That was going to decrease it in one and not the other. Like it wasn't, it doesn't work. You don't want to do that. You don't want to um, basically put yourself out of business. Mm -hmm. That was kind of what Coke was doing earlier when they did the other kinds of Coke already. Or I mean, sorry, the other kinds of soda already. Mm -hmm. So basically, they were like, well, then we'll just pull regular Coke. People were like not drinking it as much, they thought, and didn't think it would be that big of a deal. So they're like, whatever, is when it comes back then in 1985, they bring it back. So it was only gone for a little bit. Uh Eventually, Coca-Cola Classic starts to outsell New Coke because, again, people did like New Coke. They started outselling New Coke. And in early 1986, we can all be proud because Coca-Cola, once again, had the cola crown. Okay, so... Would it make sense for an absolutely gigantic corporation like Coca-Cola to stop bottling their, like, it was actually 99 years that they had had that soda out. 
Mm -hmm. It was almost the 100th year. 99 years of a kind of soda to reformulate it, take the previous one away, just so that they can get people to say, I love Coke. I want it back. No. No. That doesn't make any sense. That makes zero sense. Do you know how terrible marketing-wise that would be? And they spent a lot of money marketing on that. And I mean the testing and like all of that stuff. It wasn't just a whim. They had worked really hard on this, okay? When when asked about it being a marketing ploy, the president and CEO at the time said, some cynics will say we planned the whole thing. The truth is, we are not that dumb. And we are not that smart. Which, I mean, I agree. I yeah. don't know why or how. Like, that would be a really, that's a really big gamble, is what I would Absolutely. say. That would be a huge gamble. So, I mean, after that, you know, we got our Coca-Cola Classic back. Everybody mm-hmm. can relax a little. Um, Alibi, uh, it has the high fructose corn syrup in it that some people are still crabby about and say that's why they did it. That's right. still what they say. Yeah. But um, we all have our, our regular Coca-Cola Classic back. And it was actually a really big marketing blunder, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. because people learned the the concept of nostalgia and what people like they really things pull on their heartstrings and they'll keep drinking yeah, that absolutely. or just keep on buying that because that they remind reminds them of something great mm-hmm. you know what i mean so uh yeah don't uh you know change a product that's been around forever especially when it's coca-cola and they made that a very american thing oh yeah absolutely so when you all of a sudden tell us we don't need it anymore and instead we need something that tastes like pepsi which is the competitor <laughs> right. you know if I, I wanted Pepsi, I would just get Pepsi. That's my thought as well. I also don't want Pepsi. I want to make that clear. Yeah. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's my conspiracy theory. I know that was a little bit uh, different. Yeah, I thought that one might be a good one because, again, that was before your time. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like you've heard of it. Oh, right? yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, so, growing up in the 90s, I feel like it was still fresh. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, people were still mad about it. Do you remember they had Crystal Pepsi? Uh, crystal like clear Pepsi, blue yeah, Pepsi. and and what Pepsi? Blue Pepsi. Blue Pepsi. Well, yeah, I remember that. I was gonna say, you know, part so of the weird. things too is that. Um, so yeah, that that's um, all about the cola. I mean, the conspiracy theory, you know, that people really wanted to cling on to, uh, doesn't really hold much. Yeah, not at all. I don't think. So, I guess uh, enjoy your Coke. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess you can think of it this way. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon anymore no. after that. Yeah. I got to think of something fun for next week to do now. Oh, I know what I'm doing already. I mean, I have a list, a really good list. I just have to decide what one mm-hmm. to do. That's that's a good part. Now you get to edit this. So, yeah, you enjoy that. Well, I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And make sure to go follow us on Stitcher and Spotify as well as Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're cool. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.